Charlie Brady. When Bobby met Harry, debasing heroism. The phone call in early March got me thinking of how sadly reduced the words brave and heroic have actually become. I've mentioned the writer Paddy McManaman in this column before. He's a neighbour of mine in Galway and great company to be in, with a very dry sense of humour that I enjoy. Sure, he plays golf, a baffling waste of time that I don't get the sense of, but everyone has their faults. He's also a former political prisoner who served time in the notorious cages of Long Cash back in the 70s. Paddy was reminded me it had just gone 40 years since Bobby Sands began the hunger strike that would end in his death and the deaths of nine others. It's funny, he said, but it always seemed to be dark then. That's the way I remember it. You saw another coffin coming out and it was always dark and it was always bloody depressing. What an odd sensation that gave me as I knew exactly what he meant, even though my experience of that period was light years removed from his. In 1981, I was working in the bar of the Royal George in Glimerick. Three times a week, I'd finish up there at 10 to 6, then leg it to Jerry Smith's pub, where I was doing extra part-time work, making a ton of money, but always broke because I spent it as fast as I earned it. Jerry insisted on live music, usually country rock, and it made a change from the more formal surroundings of the Royal George. He also got a lot of music heads and his customers, so that was extra entertaining, and the place attracted some cracking looking women. You know how you look back at certain periods in your life and you think I was happy then, but at the time maybe you didn't really appreciate it. Well, from 79 to 82 in Limerick, I was happy and I knew I was. God, where did I get the energy? After I finished in Jerry's, I'd head over to Paul Dark's nightclub at the Two Mile Inn for a few pints and maybe hopefully to get off with a bird, as we said in those less politically correct but strangely more innocent days. The photo of me is back then when I still had all my old teeth and charging up two flights of stairs without drawing breath never cost me a thought. And I had not the slightest interest in politics, something that seems to have come full circle. So yeah, my experiences couldn't have been any more different from those of Paddy McManaman up north. But talking to him brought back that terrible day and night when we heard that Bobby Sands had died. Ter- feeling of anger and actual danger in the streets the dawning awareness that it probably wasn't the best time to be working in a hotel with Royal in the title, and the sense that real violence was just a petrol bomb away. And if it was like that for me in Limerick, what was it like for Paddy? In the March 4th issue of the Chaconnell Tribune, he's talking about that time, and I suspect he's as baffled as I am where the 40 years have gone. But his vivid and evocative opening paragraph show that they might have locked him up for a while, but this guy was never going to emerge as anything other than a natural writer. Put yourself in the bare feet of a young guy of 27, a dirty blanket for a form of clothing to protect from the cold, the wind coming through, a broken pane of glass after the late winter frost, long hair matted, a straggly beard turning colour, accommodation 8 by 4, 48 square foot rectangle cell, no furniture, only a mattress and a bed base on the floor. Nothing to read, nothing to do, no TV or radio. Locked in this environment 23 hours a day. 
and the peace to resistance, the four walls covered with the individual's own excrement every day, every week, every month, every year for the previous four. If that doesn't make you ashamed about moaning over a year in lockdown with nothing at your fingertips but smartphones, computers, books and Netflix, nothing will. If you want an insight into how men of unshakable principle, men who though the exact opposite of mercenary conducted themselves, then check out Patty's article in the Tribune for the data gave. It's well worth your while. As chance would have it, just before I heard from Paddy, I was looking at a couple of amusing memes that I'd sent. One was an image of the appalling me, 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 Markle with the wolf tones playing in the background and a blurb saying that in two hours she'd caused more damage to the British establishment than the Provers had done over decades. The other was an image of her and Prince has been dimwit or Ginger the Winger, as they're affectionately known over here having a glass of champers with me again commenting that she would like a trip to Europe and Dimwit saying in a high voice as she now keeps his unmentionables in a glass next to her bed that they would be safer going to Cross McGlen. It's funny because it's true but come on some people are actually holding these two chancers up as brave and heroic. A man of 37 whining the Oprah Queen of Divisionists divisiveness that daddy has cut off his allowance, a second-rate actress described by Hillary Clinton as some sort of bullied young woman. Bloody hell, talk about by the friends, shall we know them. Clinton who turned two blind eyes and waved a white cane around when her cigar-loving creep of a husband was messing around with a genuinely vulnerable young woman. As a great Gore Vidal once said, this is the moment when you generally wonder if you have gone and seen. Have a look at that piece from Bobby Sands and his fellow hunger strikers. Then come back and tell me that the two millionaire hustlers who are inevitably down to play in the race card are in any way victims. P.S. I haven't been back to Limerick in years, but the Royal George finally dropped the Royal. Probably for the best. Charlie Brady at gmail.com. <laughs>